0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: On Money Talks, we discuss money news and take your questions about personal finance. For 15 years, we've provided free financial information for Mississippians. I hope you can join me, Dr. Nancy Lottridge anderson co-host of Money Talks, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. or anytime on our podcast. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Your rights, my rights, my rights to bet on things from my phone. Hello, Professor Gershon. How are you today?
2: Good morning, Liz. And we were we were talking about the uh, the NCAA football championship and the tournament uh, coming up. Um, and the ball games before the show. And uh, we are so lucky to have our, our friend uh, of the show and a great expert, Professor Ron Richelot, um, who is always a pleasure to have on the show. And uh, among his many areas of expertise, he's a leading expert in uh, sports and gaming law. He's also a distinguished professor of law uh, at the university, the highest title that any uh, law pro- uh, professor can have. Uh, the Jamie Witten uh, Chair of Law and Government, and he's the faculty athletics representative. So he brings a lot to the table. And today we're going to be talking about sports and gaming law. And Ron, how did you get interested in sports and gaming law?
0: Well, thank you, Richard. It's uh, great to be back with you. Uh, it, like like all, I think, children across America, sports were interesting to me. As I was growing up, I grew up in St. Louis. Everything My childhood is baseball. That's what I remember. Uh, but how I got into gambling and and then the legal uh, area of surrounding sports, well, the gambling stuff started when I was a lawyer in Chicago in the 1980s. By the way, I don't gamble i don't and i by my pres- position as faculty athletic rep, I can't uh bet on college goes on any sports, so i mean I, I'm not advising people to do that, and I think if you study gambling, you probably aren't going to be as anxious to to gamble as you might otherwise be. But uh, in the 1980s in Chicago, I was working for a law firm, Jenner & Blatt, one of the big firms. We represented uh, – we had some work that was related to the Illinois State Lottery. And uh, I was asked to to work on some legislation helping the lottery uh, develop uh, like games you'd play in bars or restaurants. It felt like video games but were uh, actually lottery games and, and the legality around those things. That's just before I came and joined the faculty at the University of Mississippi School of Law. So I came here, and academia is publish or perish. So I said, well, I know about this whole area that most people don't know about. So I published a couple articles in around 1990, before gambling really came to Mississippi. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day and said I felt like I, I caught a wave that has remained <laughs> very active uh, ever since.
2: Well, and it's so interesting. You mentioned uh, if people knew more about gambling, maybe they wouldn't. I've always said you know, the lottery is just a way to tax people uh, indirectly. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's changed a lot. Sports gambling has changed a lot. And really what we're going to focus on primarily today is is online betting and kind of the growth of online betting. But if you tell us a little bit, I mean, Mississippi was – uh, people might be surprised by this, but it was one of the first places to allow – sports betting, not online.
0: Well, it was. And there's a fascinating story behind that, Richard, that uh, uh, people often uh, are are unaware of. But it really started in uh, 2013. The Federal Trade Commission issued a a regulation, or Federal Commerce Commission, one of the the federal commissions, uh, looking at the Wire Act. The Wire Act is a rule that, dates back to the 1960s, that makes it illegal to bet across state lines. And that's why it used to be, if you wanted to bet on sports, you had to go to Nevada. You couldn't call uh, somebody, and if you did it anywhere else, it was illegal. But you could travel to Nevada, and you could bet there. And there was an issue, does this apply only to sports betting or to all kinds of gambling? And a new uh, regulation was issued that said it applies to all kinds of gambling, but we're going to exempt – fantasy sports, because we know guys like to get together and, and play this this little rotisserie baseball was I think the first iteration of it. But it was fantasy sports. Fantasy sports gonna be exempt. From the WIRE Act, the federal law. Immediately a couple of online poker providers switched from poker to inventing daily fantasy games. That daily fantasy didn't exist prior to this, but they they, they said We're legal under this federal interpretation, so we're going to begin offering this. And they immediately started offering it. Now, truthfully, this was illegal under state law in almost every state. I think probably literally every state, in fact. But it took a moment for everybody to realize that. So these guys get up. They're offering money. People think they're playing legally. actually had an argument, a friendly discussion with uh, our athletic director at the time, Ross Bjork, he was saying that the games were legal. I was saying they were not. He said, yeah, there's this interpretation. I said, but there's still state law. And about six months later, attorney generals from across the state be- states began issuing, issuing uh, uh, opinions saying, yeah, this is illegal. This violates our state law. But in the interim, DraftKings and FanDuel had made so much money that they came to the states, including Mississippi. I talked to some some legislators here from the state who said they'd never been so wined and dined and seen money thrown around lobbying people. And they did this everywhere, not just Mississippi, uh, to say, hey, this is something that people enjoy and you should make it legal. So Mississippi, as did many, many states changed their laws to legalize uh, daily fantasy sports. When we changed our law, we also put in, in place a provision that said, and if regular sports betting ever becomes legal, our casinos will be able to offer that. At that time, there was a separate federal law called PAPSA that pro- prohibited states from, from developing a, a sports book. Um, PAPSA was declared unconstitutional in 2018. When that fell... Mississippi legislation was already in place. And so we were able to have sports betting at our casinos very quickly, had to do a few regulatory things, but very quickly. So we were one of the first states to have sports betting at our casinos.
1: And that's what's known as a trigger law, like they've also had for abortion, where the legislature goes ahead and passes something that says, if this later becomes legal, it's already legal here.
0: That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly and, that, and and so that's why Mississippi was out front on that and and clearly that's where the nation has gone in that direction people seem to enjoy betting on sports
2: you know I think uh, you you talked on a previous show Ron, about how um, we allow we allow sports betting at casinos for a while but then people have to go on site to to, to make those bets would the casinos suffer if we had uh, at least in terms of sports betting if we had online betting
0: so this is fascinating, Richard. This is the uh, the, the legislature, Mississippi legislature, uh, appointed a task force to study this very issue, uh, whether we should authorize online sports betting. So you, you people see the the ads on TV about you know, betting on your phone. Right. right now in Mississippi, you can bet on your phone only if you're at a casino already. Uh, which I can see some you know people might want to be able to do that, but basically. Uh, the the, the providers would like to have sports betting available across the state so you don't have to go to a casino. A number of casinos favor that. They think that that will be uh, advantageous for their business. They will both capture some of that market and also entice people to come and visit their premises. Other casinos uh, think that they'll get cut out of that business, that that business model won't work for them, And it will drive people away from their casinos and will harm their business. So uh, within the task force, there are very different positions from people in the same industry.
1: And we are going to dig into that. What's what's good for Mississippi? What's good for Mississippi's companies? What's good for Mississippi's employees? What's good for Mississippi's uh, citizens? And how you can have your rights heard and how you can have your opinion heard. You can send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is In Legal Terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Is internet gambling legal? Well, no. (laughs) Internet gambling is illegal under Mississippi state law. Online sites may advertise they are legal and licensed forms of gambling. They may be legal or licensed where the bets are received, but it is illegal to place bets from Mississippi with these businesses. And that is word for word from the Mississippi Gaming Commission's frequently asked questions webpage. We're talking about online gaming with our guest, Professor Ron Rischleck, distinguished professor of law and faculty athletics representative from the University of Mississippi School of Law, who served on the Mississippi Online Sports Betting Task Force. And we wanted to do this show because our legislature is I guess taking the pulse of experts and citizens, and uh, MPB News recently did a piece and you know talked about um, would, would this be, would this benefit Mississippians to have the right, the legal right to bet online? So we want to hear what Mississippians think, or we want to help you shape your opinion so that if you want to speak to your representative or your senator you will be empowered to do so with some intelligence and facts from our show
2: well and and Liz, uh, you know Ron was uh, talking a little bit about an article he's just uh, had uh, accepted or published with UNLV University of uh, Nevada Las Vegas law review about this issue about betting and, and you you think this is a pretty scary proposition what I understand?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the the article that I published really deals with college campuses. Sports betting, uh, by all indications, uh, folks who bet on that way as opposed to casino-type gambling tend to engage in riskier habits. It tends to be men age 20 to 35, so it encompasses sort of the college age range. Uh, we've got people who maybe have not... Uh, don't have financial ability to to sometimes on their own cover the th- kind of things and they they, they it, it's a risky situation the article that i have written really is a cautionary and 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 takes suggestions and and gives them to uh, college administrators and says here's some things you need to do you need to you need to have people trained to to recognize the symptoms they're often masked under drug or alcohol or other kind of things you need to have training uh, just the way we do with drug, alcohol, safe sex, all those kind of things. You need to include gambling in that now. You need to have counseling available when when your students develop these kind of problems. You need to watch how you model. You know, there, there's there's uh, um, sort of the there's a few schools who did it in our region. LSU is the one that everybody kind of points to that entered into a partnership with the casino and the university itself is partnering or partnering with the casino and. Maybe you're getting uh, uh, emails from campuses. This is I don't know if this is LSU, but some schools have sent out emails, sort of encouraging people to download a particular app, or if you bet here, we'll get a donation to the university. You're modeling some some bad behaviors that you got to be careful about.
2: Yeah, so it's so interesting. I mean, this is you know not not really an easy decision. I think for the task force ultimately, uh, with all those considerations and. Talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned. um, Well, let's start with the the fact that a law has been passed in Mississippi. Um, House Bill 606 was signed by the governor. Can you tell us a little bit about what that that says?
0: Well, you're talking talking about the, the task force. There was a law passed to establish the task force, but understand the task force, we are not developing legislation. We nor are we enacting a law in any way. The task force is charged with looking at the issues, setting them forth uh, so that the legislature will have a basis to act upon. So we have uh, uh, co-chairs of the committee, Senator David Blount, um, uh, who's the Senate gaming chairman, and Representative Casey Urie, who's the house gaming chairman. They're co-chairs of this task force. The task force has... Uh, representatives from uh, various casinos it has uh, a representative from uh, a DraftKings uh, uh, I think it's DraftKings one of the, the major online pro- uh, pro- uh, providers it has a um, representative from the Mississippi Hospitality Association which is kind of the gaming association who I spoke to who said they are not taking a position on this because their membership is divided Uh, on whether uh, this will be a good thing. So what we're trying to do is lay out all of the the information. We've been told that there will be a bill brought forward uh, to be acted upon by the legislature, but the legislature may uh, vote it up or may vote it down. And really, you know, people who are listening today, if, if you have strong feelings one way or another, your state senators and your state representatives are the people who will be deciding whether we do this.
2: And I think one thing, uh, and this is my cynical point of view, the people who are not gambling are the, the MGMs and the Caesars and the FanDuels and the DraftKings because they're, I mean, this is a bet that they win either way.
0: Casinos don't gamble. It's a- actually, there's a, there's a case that we study in my, my uh, class that I teach on gambling law And uh, the analysis comes down to whether the party is at risk. Uh, A bookie or a casino in sports betting, for instance, tries to get money equal on both sides. They take a 10% cut no matter who wins. So when people talk about, boy, the casinos really won today or somebody really beat the casinos today, the casino, if it's done correctly, the casino made its money either way no matter who wins.
2: They're more like stockbrokers than... uh... And gamblers, really? I mean, it's a similar, a similar thing. Right. I mean, the stock market is not that much different, to some extent. Um, but, um, well, you know, when we talk about um, that, I mean, I know I'm going all over the place today. We usually have a set script, but it's so fun to have Ron on to talk about all these issues. But how is it different from uh, paramutual betting? What, when, when, what is that about? Well,
0: paramutual betting, uh, traditionally, you think of. Horse racing, dog racing, greyhounds, um, high Lie, which is pretty much gone now. It was, uh, I think, there's a few places in Florida and in Texas where you can bet on it. But if anybody remembers uh, uh, Miami Vice, it used to be a, a big deal dur- during that era. Uh, although there's a certain increase with uh, um, esports with, with with betting on on, on esports. Uh, that kind of gambling is different. That is mathematically different for one thing. Uh, you make your bet and the odds are continually changing. Um, it, it, it has, uh, one of the advantages, I guess, of Paramutual is you don't have to know who is favored or, or which is the better player because the odds sort of work that out for you. You, you can bet on a long shot. It'll pay you back a lot. Or you bet on a, a, um, a favorite, a payback very little. Sports betting isn't like that. You're, you're betting usually $110 to try and win a hundred dollars. It's essentially the, the way it kind of goes. So it's kind of a mathematical kind of thing as much as it is uh, just describing it some, I'm not sure quite how to, to to describe it another way. It's sort of how they run the, the mathematics of it.
2: It's a, it's so interesting. So let's, uh, you know, we've we been talking about your task, the task force and, when would we expect to have uh, some kind of recommendation from the task force?
0: The task force has had its last meeting. There is a report that will be uh, submitted, I think, within a week or two. Um, I We were, as members, we were invited to attach additional comments. I did send a one-page letter that expressed my particular concerns about college students and college athletes in particular. Um, there's, there's a, Will there's you a, share
1: that with us? I found that very interesting, you know, as aside from just the the greater concept of online um, sports betting, your particular focus being a faculty advisor. Can you share that with everyone?
0: Well, sure. Um, I mean, one of the, the big things you have to understand is we, we've got college students who are uh we, we now, you know, not only do you got the pressure just of a lot of people cheering or booing or or whatever for whether you make a field goal or a free throw, uh, but now people who are wagering, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars uh on on what how you perform. As soon as sports betting came to Mississippi, the athletic directors, the compliance officers, myself met with the the head of our, our uh Mississippi Gaming Commission, Jay McDaniels, and we uh reach an agreement that we would not have proposition bets. In other words, bets on, uh, on, on, on instead of the outcome of, of a game, of, of whether someone is going to make a free free throw, rush for a hundred yards, whatever, those kind of bets, no prop bets on individual student athletes. And we thought that was, I think that was a very important matter to accomplish. Um, and, and, and so it lessens some of the, the pressure. You're still going to be mad if, your team loses and you think somebody didn't hold up what they're supposed to do. But we think that should be taken care of. We think there, I think there should be protection against harassment. Uh, I actually wrote about student athletes. I think if I were rethinking it after the weekend, after talking to Greg Sankey at the sec meetings this weekend, I think I would extend that to include uh, all participants, meaning referees and coaches as well. But there have been harassment, there have been threats, there have been things in other states that, that have taken place for players. I think we need to um, make that kind of activity illegal. I don't know what level of punishment comes with it, but we shouldn't be harassing in-person or online uh, college students because of how they performed or didn't perform on the field on Saturday. Um, there are uh, – oh, and, and another thing – Because of NCAA regulations, and the NCAA basic, and also this past weekend we had meetings uh, uh, where we were looking at new NCAA legislation that may change some of the the rules about student-athlete gambling. But one of the the, the big deals is you don't want your student-athletes gambling on sports, period. Um, So we have a rule in Mississippi that our student-athletes and people who work around student-athletes are not supposed to enter the sports book area of a casino. So I took a class on a on a trip to to, uh, to see a casino this year, and when they went in the sports book area, I stayed outside. About I, I sign a pledge each year, I will not go in. I think a similar thing should be done with um, a mobile sports betting. If we go to that, that the university should be able to provide a list and that the people on the list should be prohibited from uh, getting a sports betting app because it can only lead to problems there. So a lot of things like that, ideas like that, that um, uh, I have suggested to the uh, uh, task force in my in my letter.
1: From what I've learned, gosh, I just love TikTok. <laughs> There's a professional card counter who plays blackjack and he documents his experiences and the casinos. They've got facial recognition. They know people's names. That uh, if a university submitted the names of here's everyone who is a sports person at our school, they could certainly enforce that uh, to you know or you know not allow their app or uh, not allow that person to to come into an area to, to bet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A very good security, and, and that's the kind of thing that should be done. For the first time ever, by the way, this weekend in my meetings, I got to go to the SEC championship game in Atlanta, and I went in the game with facial recognition. I did not have to show my phone or a ticket. I, I'd i sent a picture in advance, and my wife and I walked right in. That's yeah. so cool.
1: Ron, <laughs> one, nice. one question I have about your letter Uh, you attached to the task force recommendation to the legislature studying online betting. You mentioned about uh, keeping not biometric data or not having any uh, prop bets on athletes, but that's just Mississippi. I mean, if uh, Ole Miss, what are they going to the whatever bowl? If you're in Nevada or whatever state, could you still bet on whether the, the, the kicker makes all of their field goals or, you know, whether so-and-so rushes how many yards or if what is the coach's dog can retrieve the tee successfully after the kickoff?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, that, that sounds good. The, uh, yeah, we only control Mississippi law. I mean, that this is for what we can control in Mississippi. Now, I did a survey that I uh, uh, presented to the committee of our uh, of various states. State, I believe it's Oregon is the one state that has absolutely no betting on college sports. Several states have no restrictions. Others say you can't bet on in-state teams or games that are played within the state. Some say no prop bettings on in-state college athletes, but you could presumably on other games. So there's a there's a vast array of of uh, states and, and different ways that states approach uh, this matter. And uh, hopefully we're, we're trying to put forth a proposal to be voted up or down uh, that, that will at least be reasonable and, and, and include the protections that I think are absolutely essential for our student-athletes and our student-students.
1: Well, yeah, I think earlier in the season, um, we went to Oaklawn uh, Racing Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and I downloaded their app, and I could get a hot dog delivered to my seat, but because my cell phone was from Mississippi, I couldn't place my bet from my seat because Mississippi didn't allow it, and they magically knew that uh, that wasn't allowed for me.
0: One of the most fascinating things we saw uh, in, on the task force was provided by the, the the folks who do the geofencing. These are the people who can tell where bets are placed. And in Louisiana, there's some you know they call their counties parishes, but there's some parishes that do not allow sports betting. And and this guy showed a map, and you could see pinpoints dropping and where bets were being placed. And but they were if they landed in one of the forbidden parishes, it would kind of disappear all of a sudden because that was not allowed. That was a disallowed bet. But uh, it, you, you can just see, you know, bet being made, um, continually bets being made and uh, see the outline of the state. And, and they're, they're very good at doing that. We have it in Mississippi, but you have to be on the property of a casino in order to um, use your phone.
1: We would love for you to participate in our show. We want to hear what you think. Uh, we want to hear if you think you would uh, approach one of your legislators, and I say approach, I mean respectfully <laughs> submit a letter or uh, uh, an email to one of your legislators or your senators, but we'd love for you to participate in your show. What do you think about this? Is this a a right you think Mississippians should have or do you uh, respect and want to keep all those uh, servers and the people who work at the actual casinos and make folks travel to Tunica, Greenville, the the Gulf Coast, all the different places that have the physical betting places. Email us your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope you'll subscribe to our podcast or find MPB Think Radio recordings at mpbonline.org slash radio. So I just love poking around on websites and the Mississippi Gaming Commission has some very interesting information. Do you know what sports you can Bet on you can in in yacht racing if you fancy it. You could bet on the International Sailing Federation sanctioned events, the Olympics. Uh, an approved list will be sent by from the Mississippi Gaming Commission, and you can bet on Japan Nippon Professional Baseball and Korean Baseball League. I'll have a list of those sports on. This show's information page. Abram Nanny, who is our uh, board engineer and podcast producer, who's also the host of Everyday Tech, is going to head to an esports competition in Hattiesburg. I did not see esports listed on sports. Uh, A- A- Abram, I'll be interested to hear what, if that's.
0: Uh, I think it more. Accurately qualifies as activities. It's not necessarily under sports betting right I, now, I, we'll if, have I'm to not, ask, if I'm not mistaken. We'll have
1: to ask Ron uh, about that, if that's a sport. Sport. Anyway, we are talking about possible changes to gambling laws in Mississippi with our guest, Professor Ron Richleck, Distinguished Professor of Law and Faculty Athletic Representative from the University of Mississippi School of Law, who has just served on the Mississippi Online Sports Betting Task Force.
2: And it's it's so interesting. I mean, we we, we were talking during the break about uh li You mentioned hi and and dog racing and how they've kind of fallen aside. And I think part of that was lack of trust in the sports. I mean, people felt like, especially with highlight was so easy for somebody to blow a point and and uh, and change the entire outcome. Is it possible that, you know, this could all fall apart that way, too? Because I I think about, uh, you know, we have a a bet that uh, my team's going to win by 14 points. And so, you know, it's okay if my team just wins by 12 because I want to win. But, you know, I could I could make sure that, you know, I didn't uh, take the take, you know, that extra couple of points by kicking a field goal or whatever.
0: Right. Well, you know, there are notorious cases of uh, gambling related fraud uh, in sports. Certainly the 1919 World Series, the uh, White Sox threw it to the Reds throughout the 1950s. There were some serious Basketball, college basketball cheating uh, issues. There have been rumors around all kinds of boxing issues. Uh, Tim Donahue, an NBA referee, spent time in prison for uh, giving information to gamblers. A lot of people think he probably also gambled, but I don't think that was uh, ever proven. Uh, But uh, gamblers want any kind of information they can get. And if they can control a player, uh, they can make a lot of money off of that. So there's tremendous incentive from their side. Uh, It's part of one of the arguments in favor of allowing uh, college athletes to to make money and don't neglect that that's intertwined here Uh, is it's uh, so enticing that Henry Hill, the guy who is at the center of the Goodfellas movie, you know, the Goodfellas based on a real guy and the real guy wrote an article for sports illustrated about how he, well, how easy it was to fix a college basketball game, put $10,000 in front of a kid who's not making any money and tell them just to shave a few points. And, and, and he said, and then once they do it, you own them because you you got this information on them. So one of the arguments is by allowing student athletes to make, actually make some money that will decrease the, uh, incentive they might have to engage with gamblers. So, there's a lot of moving parts here.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really I mean it's fascinating. It really is. I can I, I can see it's to some extent I can see both sides because you know people enjoy watching the game and, and uh you know, there are things like um, you know, uh, on on the the NFL network. Uh there's red zone, right? And uh and so, you know, I think People want to see red zone because they're seeing who's scoring and, you know, what's going on and who's in the position to score. And a lot of that, I think, was driven by by gambling interest as well as uh, fantasy football interest.
0: Well, Richard, I mean, you and I are roughly the same age. And the way we grew up watching sports is very different than the way kids today are growing up watching sports. You watch a game. And there's all kinds of, not only sports advertising, but information that is provided throughout the game that is of relevance to sports bettors because if you're thinking about sports betting old-fashioned, it was who's going to win. And you bet before the game and you find out afterwards. But with the app-based betting, betting goes on throughout the game. You can place a a bet at any point. You can sell out. You you can cash in on a bet you've made. and uh, You can bet on proposition bets um, it's it's a different matter, and you know I think there are people legitimately uh, concerned about the the impact that will have down the line.
1: Well, and it it, it makes the game interesting. Uh, for we did we did not bet, but for the last Super Bowl we made bingo cards and you know it i was my husband and i were there and you know we watch football but the the 20 somethings that were in the house they didn't care anything about it but you know if you want a prize if there was a dorito commercial or if you you know won a prize if someone did something you know if it it can be a way to be invested in a game and to to make it exciting but uh you know, it, it, at the detriment of, of what, especially if we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the online betting?
0: Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, a game that you might not otherwise care about in the Super Bowl, many times for me, has been that way. Teams I don't really care about. Um, and having some, some kind of fun game to go alongside with that makes it that, – that's the thing about gambling. We, I, we can sit here and moralize and, and talk about the evils and the dangers, which are very real. But you can also say, you know, if it's done correctly, it's kind of fun and people like it. And uh, so how, how do you how do you manage that kind of behavior and those kind of things? And that's what this task force is toying with and trying to figure out. I, sh- I should also point out one other important thing I didn't mention. There are casinos that are concerned that this is a first step towards full online casinos on your phone. That would be uh, arguably at least very detrimental to casino businesses. I think there's seven states now that basically you can play roulette, blackjack, poker, whatever you want on your phone, uh, and you never have to go to a casino. And obviously, that's a concern to casinos.
1: Well, you don't get the buffet that way. (laughs) True. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app. Our show is hosted by Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. So the Mississippi Gaming Commission has a form because everybody's, all the agencies have got all their forms. But this form is titled, request to offer wagers wagers on event other than a horse race greyhound race or athletic sporting event hmm so what would you what would you like to bet on i wonder if anything has been approved or what's been disallowed is this so you could have a a church bingo on Sunday, or is this uh, for a new imaginary event, or I, i'm I'm curious to see if if Ron knows anything about that. We are talking with guest Professor Ron Rischleck, distinguished professor of Law and faculty athletic representative from the University of Mississippi School of Law, who served on the Mississippi Online Sports Betting Task Force. Ron, do you know about? I mean, what what would you propose if you wanted to bet on something that wasn't a horse race, greyhound race, or athletic sporting event?
0: Well, in all likelihood, that would relate to things they do in England all the time. Political events, uh, at, 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 at political races are actually very commonly bet on uh, in some other nations. That would be rejected here. I don't think that would be approved. Uh, but if you think of, I don't know, some other kind of contest... Um, that that might, might apply for. You mentioned bingo. There's a whole separate category relating to charitable gambling. It's a whole pretty different part of the uh, Mississippi gaming statutes, but it, it is regulated, and there are a lot of uh, folks who do bingo and do raffles and charity-type uh, things, and that's uh, handled separately from the commercial gambling stuff we talk about.
2: Yeah, and well, what I'd like to to bet on is the outcome of Eisner versus McComber in front of the U uh, S Supreme court today, because that's a tax case that would have wide reaching uh, impact on all of us. And I hope that they come up actually, with the right yeah. decision.
0: <laughs> it's one of the few times where it, like tax law is actually one of the most interesting things in America. <laughs> People may not know about it, but it's, it's a important <laughs> case.
2: <laughs> well, I always think it's important. I always think it's exciting, but you know, that's me. Of course so. you, do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it it uh the, so you you mentioned that the uh the report from uh the task force is due december fifteenth when is the earliest and you i know you talked about this before when is the earliest that we would have online betting in mississippi
0: well I think it would have to uh it would have to go through legislature. it would probably take about a year to work its way through uh the two houses um if it's approved by the two houses and, and, and then there would be some regulatory work. Although I think the regulation aspect this time won't take very long. Uh, so my guess is if everything flies, they would try to have it going by football season next fall. Something I, like
1: I find it so interesting. It, it seems like it takes so long for our legislature to get important information uh, approved and and uh, put into law and with the climate and the stereotype I would think of a conservative Republican uh, I, I don't know I would think that gaming would be something they might I don't know shy away from or not want to have their name associated with if they're pastor found out about it? I I think this will be very interesting to see who steps up and how this all happens, because there have been quite a few what you would think necessary pieces of legislation which haven't gotten passed. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how this goes.
0: Gambling, I always say, is, is really kind of fun in a way because it doesn't break down normal along political lines. I mean, th- there are— liberal and conservative reasons to be in favor of it and liberal and conservative reasons to be opposed to it. And, uh, so, so it, it's all over the board and, and that I actually like, I, I think in a law school environment, it makes for good debates. You don't feel like you're put into a corner because you take a position uh, on it. You know, you can, you can have whatever your other thoughts are. and We can disagree freely about uh, gambling.
2: And you know, you really I, I had a colleague who used to say you can't legislate morality, and it really some ways it's true because when I was in college, you know, and gambling was not legal, uh, and yet there would be a parlay sheet that would go around. Uh somebody that, you know, I was in my fraternity would pass around a parlay sheet and we could bet on, you know, a series of pro football games among ourselves and yeah, I think that's always gone on to some extent. I think part of this might be, well, then the state might as well benefit from it a little bit um, in terms of taxes.
0: Yeah, that that's a hugely important part, Richard. It's not only benefiting the state in terms of taxes. It is uh, driving criminal elements out of it. It is having the, the sanitation of, of having light shine on, on aspects, making sure that, uh, you know, right now there's a lot of money that, that is being uh, uh, taken by illegal online operators who are not regulated who could shut down at any moment it's happened not very much because they they keep making money so um, they're, they're making money operating why why' do you shut down and take it but that has happened uh we we don't know if we have good regulation of age restriction and those kind of things so that's one of the big arguments for making this legal
1: now is it my understanding that if you do want to online vote in Mississippi I mean, online gamble, not vote. <laughs> that's that's another show. Uh, if you want to online gamble, you have to use a VPN. Not that I'm trying to figure out a way around it, but uh, is that if you use a VPN to say, oh, I'm in Texas or someplace?
0: I think they're actually pretty good at getting around that now. Uh, I, I, I mean, at, at, at thwarting VPNs in and of themselves, I, I think that the... Uh, uh, the geofencing folks are pretty good about that. The way you, so so there you're going to have a hard time betting uh, with in you know, DraftKings or whatever in Louisiana from Mississippi. You can find one of the casinos provided by mainly in the Caribbean Islands. Uh, you can you can get online and find a casino that will take your bets, and you can operate with them. The only really restriction problem that they encountered sometimes was. With financial tra- transactions, that's where the government's tried to shut them down. But they've gotten around those things very much. So you can bet if you're betting online in Mississippi, unless you were at a casino, it's illegal. So don't do it.
1: Excellent. Well, we're so glad that you've been able to to join us. And uh, are, are you? so you won't be placing any bets on any of the bowl, football bowl games.
0: <laughs> I, I do not bet. We have a little family thing where we pick winners. Just for fun, but uh, there's no there's no money to, to to get into it, so it's not gambling.
1: Excellent.
2: Uh, if I invite Ron over for poker tonight, is um, is that illegal?
0: Uh, you know, there's a long story about that. I will say <laughs> that there was a Supreme Court justice here in Oxford, he and I spent an evening at the the, uh, the in the basement of a former dean, law school dean's house playing a game of cards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. This has been such an enjoyable time. Thank you, Professor Ron Reichlock, for joining us via Zoom from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Liz. Thanks. Thanks, Richard.
1: That's going to wrap us up for In Legal Terms. Our team consists of board engineer and podcast producer Abram Nanny, and our call screener today was Charles Arnold. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.